I do this. I do this once a quarter. I just start by having us give a round of applause to Colorado because it's so awesome. I mean, literally this morning I'm driving here, and like Bergen Peak is just lit, just beautiful with like that orange yellow sunlight of the morning. The aspen trees are changing. There's this huge group of elk just kind of moving like through the through the savanna. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I know, I know where they are. They're, they're, they're in Elk Meadow right now. Um, just beautiful. We're in a series on the Sermon of the Mount, on the Mount. Uh, we started it a couple weeks ago, and we're going to continue that today. And if you weren't there a couple weeks ago, I have right here, we did, we did the Sermon on the Mount in 10 minutes. Well, okay, what was it, 13 and a half minutes? 12, 12, thanks, thanks for the 12. And here's the outline. It's a good reading guide if you, if you're not familiar with the Sermon on the Mount. This is actually a good way to you can come grab one of these from, from up front here today. We're not going through it today, but if you, wanna, um, if you want that for your own uh, reading guide going out from here, it would be great. A couple weeks ago, uh, so we, we kind of did the overall thing the first week. Then a couple weeks ago, Christy talked about do not worry. Uh, you know, today has enough to worry about, or tomorrow has enough to worry about. Just worry about today. Um, she did a great job on that sermon. And then today I want to talk about Jesus when he talks about judging others. And we talk about, um, basically, the, the Sermon on the Mount is Jesus' stump speech. It's his, hey, I'm running for president kind of thing. And actually, it's interesting if you look at commentaries and you look at the background in the Gospels. So the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Most of the Gospels include some elements of the Sermon on the Mount, some more than others. And it, it, we get the impression that it was a sermon or it was, it was a thing that Jesus preached often. Hey, if I become president of Israel, if I become the king, this is, how li this is what life's going to look like. This is what I want it to feel like. This is how I want the people in my, uh, in my kingdom to treat one another. So if we are Christians, if you consider yourself a Christian today, this is a great place to start. The Sermon on the Mount is kind of like our go-to passage of like, hey, you want to know how to live life? Start there. If you're not a Christian, you're thinking about like what you believe and that kind of stuff, and Christianity is one of those things that you're assessing, this needs to be on your reading list because in order for, to make a decision, an informed decision of whether you want to be a Christian or not, or why you sh you're like, yeah, I don't want to be a Christian because of this, that you might find things in there, honestly, that you resist. You, there's things in there that Jesus is so crazy about that it's like, I'm not sure I want to be a Christian. And I think that was by design. That Jesus was like, hey, I'm going to preach. Hey, this is what it's like to be in my kingdom. This is what it's like to follow me. Make sure you know what you're getting into. Does that make sense? And I think that that's important for today. I think that's important for, uh, to, for us to look at and to wrestle with. If we're going to call ourselves Christians, let's make sure we're actually doing what Christians are doing. So... Today is do not is, is is about judging others. I've called today uh, Jesus's guide to judging others. To which you might say, wait, 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 Josh, I thought we weren't supposed to judge others. And to that you're right. Look at the very first three words of our passage today. Do not judge. Jesus starts out the passage like, hey, when it comes to judging others, do not judge. But what we're going to find today is. Um, it's not as simple as that. In fact, can we just, um, 
can we just say, that, like we can look at Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount, he's talking about, you know, do not murder, you know, like if you, you, if, you, if you hate someone in your brain, you've murdered them in your heart, and you're like, okay, so I'm a murderer. And you can say, it like, it can make you reach, it can make you stretch, and that's part of the reason why we're looking at the Sermon on the Mount, is it makes you reach, it makes you stretch, I think, in a good way. And you can read stuff like that, like, like that's impossible, and actually, this one I look at and say, do not judge, and I say, actually, I think that is impossible. What Jesus is asking here is not possible. It, it's not possible for us to judge. We, we, we just judge. We see people We see people doing things, and we say, I, I wouldn't do that. Right? Is that bad? Is that what Jesus is talking about? Is that what Jesus is saying we shouldn't do? See, this is the kind of stuff we're going to look at today. And here's what for sure Jesus means. I, when he says, do not judge, he's saying, do not be judgmental. Can I get an Amen. Like, like let's, that's just, it's, it's definitely that. And by judgmental, here's what I mean by judgmental. Put that up. Judgmental means you size someone up and then you write them off. They're walking down the streets and they're wearing something and you're like, oh my goodness. And you just, pff, you just write them, you know, like you, you size them up and then you just write them off. That's what it means to be judgmental. And I think it's pretty safe to say that while we're going to be looking at Jesus' guide for judging others today, and there's certain things to do and certain things to not, this is what we're not supposed to do. Christian, not Christian, I think we can all agree, this is not a good way to live life. It's not good to, to judge a book by its cover. Can I tell you about a time that I was, I was judgmental? I, I, I was working in youth ministry, this is years ago, and there was a student that came to, that was dating somebody in my, my youth program. And he was kind of on the fringes and like, um, you know, the, uh, like I, I just kind of see him every once in a while, didn't know much about him. He didn't seem all that interested. I got little bits and pieces about his backstory, a broken home life, and it just kind of seemed like he was kind of on his own, like raising himself in life. And, and I'm thinking like, I don't know his family, I don't know his background, but I'm picturing what's going on in the background, right? The girl broke up with him, and I thought I'd never see him again. And then all of a sudden I get a phone call, and it's this guy. And we sit down, and his heart's broken. And I said, hey, bud, you know, just since we're talking, can you just give, give me the long version of your story? I judged so wrong. I judged him so wrong. I judged his family so wrong. What I thought was, was you know, like, just, I, I sized them up and I just wrote them off. And I was so wrong. And I just, I remember, like, after that meeting, praying, God, heal my heart. My judgmental heart. H have you ever done that? Have you ever done that to somebody? You judge them, that book, by the cover? And as a result, you just kind of wrote them off? And then you found out more about them and you were dead wrong? Or maybe you weren't dead wrong, but once you found out more about them, you started to understand where they were coming from, and you're like, dang it, I was wrong. I shouldn't have judged them. Do not judge 
Jesus, whatever Jesus' words mean today, and I think that, that when it comes to judging others, there's nuances to it, but can we, can we just all agree when he says do not judge, he means don't size people up and don't write them off. Don't just size people up and write them off. Because the reality is, is we don't know the whole story. This is one of my favorite quotes from C.S. Lewis. This is out of his book called Mere Christianity. If you've read that book, maybe you've you've seen this quote. But he talks about judging and how humans judge one another. He says this, human beings judge one another by their external actions. God judges them by moral moral choices. So so basically what C.S. Lewis is saying here is, we see, we see, God sees people differently than we do. He knows, like, there's, there's a verse in the Old Testament that, 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 that goes like something like this, that man judges outward appearances, but God judges the heart, right? And that's what C.S. Lewis is getting here. We as human beings, we judge one another by our exter- external actions. We see somebody who's mad at us driving around and flips us off, and we're like, well, that's an angry person. Wouldn't, wouldn't like to be married to them. You know, we, start, we, 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 we judge their external actions. God judges them by their moral choices. And then what's really interesting is C.S. Lewis then starts to outline, he starts to outline different kinds of people. He actually uses somebody who's afraid of cats as the next part. He's like, imagine somebody who has a phobia of cats, them putting, a, like building up the courage to hold a cat in their lap might actually take more courage and more, like, more, speak more about their character and what they're trying to do, their moral choices, than somebody who wins the Medal of Honor. He's like somebody, you know, and then he talks about, he's like somebody who's raised from their youth, perverted from their youth, he says, and taught that cruelty is right. Them making even one little kind action might be equivalent to you or I laying down our life for a friend. In God's eyes. And, that, he, and he says this, that is why Christians are told not to judge. We see only the results which a man's choices make out of his raw material. I love this phrase. It, it, it builds on this idea that each of us were given a lot in life. In a sense, each of us were born, we're, we're dealt certain cards in our hands. That's our raw material. We have certain talents. We have certain abilities. We don't choose the families we were born into. We don't choose what kind of brain we get. We don't choose our gender. We don't choose our, you know, like there's all sorts of things that, that it's just raw material. It's just given to us. And what we don't, and a lot of times, we don't know that raw material. That's why Christians are, not, are told not to judge. We see only the results which a man's choice make out of his raw material. We see the choices, but not the raw material itself. But God does not judge him on the raw material at all, but what he has done with it. Therefore, do not judge. Don't be judgmental. We have to be so careful. And I, I'm, just, I'm, I'm hanging here because it's so important. We can't miss this. As we're, we're, as we're Christians and we're trying to be like Christ, we can't just write people off. You can't just walk around your school and say, oh, she's wearing those pants again. Oh, I can't believe he's hanging out with him again. I can't believe, like, we can't, we can't hear rumors of things that are happening, bad things, that, you know, like that things d- people did on a trip or whatever, on spring break, and, and then you're like, you write, you can't just hear, hear about that and write them off. We can't do that. We need to 
refrain, and, and the point is we don't know the whole story, the raw materials, the hand that somebody's been dealt. Let's, read, let's keep reading what Jesus said, verse, verse 1, chapter 7 of Matthew. Do not judge, or you too will be judged. For in the same way you, are judge, you judge others, you will be judged. With the measure you use, it will be measured to you. And here, so the question is, is, he uses this idea of like a tape or a measurement. So if, you, if you're really um, stingy with people and you're like, you just, like, like if you just assume the worst and you measure them and like, ah, you give them that much. Versus like somebody's mean to you at school or somebody like just that talks bad to you behind their, about you behind their back instead of being like, that's just, that's what they do. That's who they are. You're like maybe they just had a really bad day. That, see, that's measuring out more. That's, that you're, you're giving, you're, you're cutting them slack, right? And Jesus is saying, if you do that to others, guess what? You'll get the, you'll get the, the, the reciprocating will be the same. You'll, you'll, you'll get that back. It'll be measured to you. Let me just ask you this. How do you want to be judged? How many of you had a bad day this week? Raise your hand. How many of you would like your whole week to be judged by that one day? Not, not would you like to relive that day. How would you like your worst day this week and people seeing your worst day this week, that's what, how they see you all the time. That's not what I want. I'll tell you, like, how do you want to be judged? I'll start. I would like people to take into consideration what I'm going through. I would like people to see the whole picture of my week. That I was stressed. I, we, we had an 11 year old birthday party in here on Friday. It was awesome. We took all these chairs and we made a barricade because it was a Nerf party, a Nerf gun party. And we had like a drone flying contest through like hoops. It was, we almost broke some stuff, but we, it, was, it was good. Everything's still working, so that's good. But it was for my 11 year old, and I had a really hard day, and he'd been looking forward to that for months, and I let him down. I was, just, I was having a hard time engaging. He, parents, you like parents, feel me out here for a second. Parents, like how hard is it to throw a birthday party sometimes? Guys, kid, kids, just so you know, we love your birthdays. We're so happy to celebrate you. But there's just some days, especially this is on a Friday afternoon. See, see I, want you to take, I want you to see the whole picture here. See what I'm doing here? I want you to see the whole picture of my week. It was a long week. I got a lot done. It was a good week, but Friday was hard. And I'm sliding in sideways into this 11-year-old birthday party. And I let my son down. And as I'm talking with him and apologizing to him, I was like, buddy, I, I just need you to see I had a hard day. See, that's what I want. That's what you, uh, this is what you want, right? You want people to truly understand or take the time to truly understand what you're going. Isn't that what you guys want in friends? Isn't that what you want friends to be like, hey, to take a step forward and, and not just text you and write you off? To see you even amidst your faults. To, to truly see you, to take into account all of me. And, and the fact that, like, you know what, there might be times, like, one of the things, you, if you're friends with me, you'll, you'll notice that sometimes I like, I, like, talk about certain things, and it might seem like I'm bragging because I'm actually insecure. I've, I'm ADD, so I don't, there, I spent a lot of my life not sure what I was good at and then found some things that I'm good at as an adult, and I like to tell people about that, you know? And if you're going to be my friend, I, w I want you to take that stuff into account. Isn't that what you want? Isn't that what you want? 
Let me flip the question around. Is that what you do? Is that how you treat other people? You know the measure in which you want people to, to, to evaluate, evaluate you. Do you extend the same measurement backwards, back to them? For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be, it will be measured to you. It's an interesting question, isn't it? At this point, um, honestly, I think Jesus could have ended there. If, if we were just not, if we were supposed to not judge at all, I think Jesus would have said, okay, since we're so bad at, you know, cutting each other slack, let's just, let's just do not judge, mind your own business, amen, let's pray. That could have been the end of the sermon for Jesus. But he continues on, and I think this is important. It, it, it's because what we're going to find out here is, is Jesus Judgment is important. We, we hear, you know, do not judge, don't be judgmentalist. And like, I feel like anymore, especially right now, whatever, in this cultural moment in society that knows a little bit about Christianity, but not like the ins and outs of it, how often is this verse quoted? You know, like, like um, didn't Jesus say not to judge? And they're not wrong. But here, what's interesting is it says, do not judge, and then there's a comma. It's not a period. Because there's nuances, and I think that in the nuances, we're going to find out that judgment actually is important for life. It's important for us to, to judge what's going on around us. And I think what we're going to find out is judgment does not mean think not. Care not. Act not. Don't, don't, even eval don't evaluate not. It doesn't mean that. Rather, no, I don't want to get ahead of myself. Let's just keep reading. Let's go. Matthew 7, verse 3. Jesus asked two questions. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? Now, we just have to pause here. This is, some of you have read this so much that you, you miss the irony. Why do, you, why do you look at the speck of sawdust? Think of the, you got to like picture the imagery. So I've, you've got a speck of sawdust in your eye. And I have a, a freaking plank sticking out of my head. That's, that's, what Jesus, that's the picture that Jesus is painting for us. Why, why, why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye? And I always think like, like if you're like trying to get the, or no, that's the next verse. How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye, while at the same time, there's a plank in your own eye. And I picture, like, the plank, like, hitting them in the head as I'm trying to take the sawdust out of their eye. It, Jesus, he's like, why do you do that? And the reason is simple. It's fun. It's easy. And most of all, I think it's distracting. The reason I'm so obsessed with the speck of sawdust in your eye is because I don't want to think about the plank in my own eye. It's much easier, much more entertaining, maybe even therapeutic for me to think about your woes and your troubles instead of mine. And we have to recognize that in ourselves. That's our knee-jerk reaction, is to be like, oh, I can't believe she does it. Have you noticed, this is really annoying, that the things that annoy, uh, annoy you about other people are usually the things that annoy you about yourself? What the heck is that? 
That's what Jesus is talking about here. The sad truth is your issues (laughs) make me feel better about mine. That's gross. Do you realize how gross that is? And that's the thing is, is like, like your issues, it, it, do, you know, do you know why, do you know why are your issues make me feel better about me? Because I'm a hypocrite. And Jesus agrees. Look at this. Verse 5. You hypocrite. First take the plank out of your own eye. And then you will see, and everybody say that next word, clearly. Clarity. Then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. You hypocrite. Jesus says. So you know what a hypocrite is? It's someone who's more fascinated by or interested in by what's going on wrong in everybody else's life. That's a hypocrite. Somebody who's quick to point out everything that you do wrong. But if you try to flip it back on them, they're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. They changed the subject. That's a hypocrite. And, and hypocrite, it's gross. It's silly. It, it kind of makes you look like an idiot when you're like so quick, quick to point out somebody else doing something wrong. But they're like, well, what about you, bro? Like, you leave the toilet up all the time. No, we're not talking about that right now. What do you mean, what do you mean I'm late? Dude, you're like the king of being late. Uh, let's talk about the Broncos. I want to talk about football. Or I'll just leave the room. That, that, it's, that's gro- it's, hypocrisy is gross. It's silly. It makes us look silly. But can we just agree that on top of all those things, that, those are minor issues. Hypocrisy is dangerous. And let me, let me explain, because as long as I am fixated on your junk, my junk remains. As long as your junk is the, uh, is, is the main channel in my brain, and I'm just like looking at them and her and then you and, and never thinking about myself, I don't change. And my junk stays my junk. Does it make sense? Can we, say, can we say, you don't want that? Can I just say, I don't want that for my life? Anybody else not want that for their life? But see, here's the thing. This is, this is what Jesus offers, and this is why I think judgment is, is so actually important. He's saying, don't judge, but make, don't judge in a certain way. But don't stop thinking. Because here's the deal, and, and try this on and see if, see if it, it fits. For this passage, I really think this, I was thinking about it this week, and I think this works really well. Every time that I see something wrong in you, we could just be like, oh, I'm not going to judge. I'm not even going to think about them. But that, that seems like a wasted opportunity because every time that I see something wrong about you, actually what's happening is I get a chance, that gives me a chance to evaluate maybe what's wrong in my life. In other words, as we live life together in community close to one another and we see a friend or an acquaintance and something happens and they, they make a financial decision that doesn't go well, they, they treat their how, – how, how, how many of you are parents and you've been in a store <laughs> and somebody's yelling at their kids – 
Now, here's the deal. I, I've been a parent for how many years? How old are you now? 13. I've been a parent for 13 years, okay? 14 years ago, I used to judge that crap hard. I'd be like, I can't believe they're yelling at their kid in the store. Now when I see somebody yelling at their kid in the store, I'm like, I understand. Because I'm a parent now, and I've yelled at my kid in the store. Now I'm not, I'm not proud about it. But I understand, and here's the thing. Every time, see, community, our, our, us doing life together and seeing each other and getting to know each other well is kind of like getting one of these. Because here's the deal. The stuff that's really, the, the crap in my life that's really hard for me to see is really easy for me to see in your life. It just is. I have like 20-20 when it comes to your stuff and your baggage. And when we talk, I have a pretty clear view of your life because I have this 30,000-foot view. I'm not down in day-to-day -day weeds. Now, talk about my life. I'm lost. Uh, there are days where I'm like, I don't know what's up from down. I don't know why I just yelled at you. I don't know why I, I feel this way. I don't know why I'm, I'm treating this person. I don't know why I'm happy about them failing in life. What is all of that? But when I see that same thing in you, it gives me a chance to, I can either just keep pointing the picture, at, you know, the, 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 the finger at you. I can keep, you know, bring other people in. Have you seen it? She's wearing yoga pants again. Can you believe this? You know, just like whatever judgmental things we think about, we can do that. Or we can be like, do I do that? The, the way she's talking about her boss right now, and it's just, she can't not stop talking about it. When I'm frustrated at work, do I do that? Look in the mirror. You might not like what you see, but it's worth, can we all agree it's worth looking at? Because can we all agree we don't want that stuff in our lives? And can we all agree that we're in danger, that hypocrisy is dangerous? Because as long as it's about them, it's never about you, and therefore you don't change. Can you see why Jesus is talking about this? I also think it's interesting, and I, I didn't think about this until this week, and I was doing some studying on this passage. He doesn't just say, hey, so mind your own business, next point. He says, he, he doesn't say, you know, don't worry about the speck in your brother's eye. You got a plank, just worry about your plank. Let, notice what he says. He says in that verse, he says, first take the plank out of your own eye, and then, and then you will see, say that word again, clearly. This is what Jesus is offering us. And I don't know if you've ever, if you're new to faith, you're exploring faith, you're not sure about faith, if you've thought about it this way. But part of the reason why so many, part of the reason a lot of us are here on a Sunday morning is not because we don't have things to do. It's because our faith brings clarity to our lives in a way that is so helpful and so wonderful and so beautiful that we just want more. That following Jesus, as much as it makes us stretch and it makes us look in the mirror like, oh, I don't want to think about that right now. We do it. And the clarity that follows, the clarity, because another thing that's really dangerous about hypocrisy, I was thinking about this week, it, it's so sad. Is when everybody else is like, you're just, when you're, when you're sizing people up and writing them off, that ends up being a really lonely place. 
And you don't really have a clear view of those people because you never really get to know them. You never really, it's just, you have a bunch of misunderstandings about them and yourself, and you're all alone. Can you see why Jesus came to save us from that? Can you see why Jesus was talking about this and saying, hey guys, it's better over here. It's better in my kingdom. It's better not to judge one another, not to be judgmental. And it's better to allow people into your life. And it's better to, to think about their lives. And instead of, you know, like, like, like throwing stones at theirs, you actually kind of pick at your own. It's better to do this because uh, I wrote down the word blindside. It's football season, right? Sports, 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 sports. I'm not a very sporty guy. I don't really know sports, but I do know Blindside because of the movie where, like, the quarterback can't see behind him. And that's all I got. We all have blindsides. I made a sports analogy. We all have blindsides. And the way that, that Jesus is steering us is a mirror is a chance for us to see those blind sides, to step into community, and even take it a step further, like, actually, let, let's just go here. This is, this is where I want to end. You, you, this could land with you a number of different ways. Pick your own adventure. Like, honestly, you pick where you want to take this and what's important to you. I think there's at least three audiences today for this passage. Number one is the audience of the person who says, you, like that, that does this a lot, that you size people up and you write them off. If that's your knee-jerk reaction, if, you, if, you're, if as I'm talking, you're like, man, I do that all the time. That you need to repent. Your application is, is to, to, to repent and say, Lord, change my heart, change my ways. There's a second category, though, of people or second audience, and this is where you size people up and then you walk away because you actually believe you shouldn't judge and, and you do your life and I'll do mine. You do kind of the libertarian style of things, you know, like the total autonomy, like I'm living my life over here, you can do whatever you want over there. And in some ways, I think from a government standpoint, so that makes sense, but if we're going to live in community and we're going to be Christians, and we're going to actually spur one another on towards love and good deeds, as, as the New Testament says, we're going to get into each other's lives. And for some of you, you're listening to this, and you're thinking to yourself, yeah, I, I see things, and there's people that I love, that I know, but I'm not going to bring that up. I'm not going to pass judgment on them. And I, that's not the judgment that Christ is talking about here. And some of you, for some of us, we need to, to, ha to have the courage to actually confront somebody that we love. I mean, it, like, like, put it this way, if, if, if somebody was about to get hit by a bus, would you just, like, be like, well, I hope they don't get hit by that bus? Or would you yell at them? Or would you even go and tackle them? Right? And there are times, there's, there's some of you that don't need to hear this part of the message, and I hope that you know yourself enough to, to be like, like you don't go home. If you're, if you're thinking about going home and confronting everybody in your family, this one's probably not for you. But if you have someone that you love and you've spent a lot of time with and, and, and you're close to them and, and they trust you or they trust you enough and you see something in their life and you're not willing to say something, 
out of respect for them? Can I just say that might not be respect? That, that, that that's not love, potentially? You know? And then the third audience is, is the person in here. And this could be break, broken into two categories, but the person in here who people have spoken to, they have confronted you. They, they, they have sized you up, and they haven't written you off. But they have something to say because they care about you, and they've said it, and you won't listen. In fact, there, there's the second category of person is there's some of us in the room that are probably so isolated, so on our own. So, like, like people have tried that in the past, and maybe it's been years or even decades since somebody brought you, uh, uh, hey, a rebuke. There's, there's a verse in, in, the Pro, in Proverbs that says you rebuke a wise man and he'll get wiser. That's what I want. I, I don't want blind sides. And there's some people in this room that you got blind sides and everybody else sees it, but they're terrified to tell you about it. Because you don't, you're not open enough. You, you, you're, you're like this castle. There's no accessibility. I think this men, we, we struggle with this big time. I got this. I'm my own man. I can take care of this. You know? And, and if that's you, if, if this is striking a chord with you, either somebody has told you something and you, ha- you just didn't do it or you got mad at them, you're like, who are you to judge? Jesus said not to judge, you know, or whatever. You need to listen. That's your application. You don't need to repent. Maybe you need to repent. You don't need to confront. You, you need to stop and you need to listen to the people who love you. And now, here's the thing that you need to know about when people come and tell you a rebuke. A, they're not looking forward to it. Most of the time, they're terrified. They've, they've literally written like paragraphs on their phone of exactly how they want to word it because they know words are important. And B, they're not going to do it perfectly. And C, they're also a hypocrite. They have, they have crap in their own life, right? But can we just put that all aside? If you can put that aside and see the love in their eyes the care in their eyes for them, and if you can listen to them, it could change your life because they see something that you don't. Bottom line, we're not to judge each other. We're not to, be to, 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 to uh, take stock of someone and write them off, ever. But to, to judge does not, not mean to, to not judge does not mean to not think or not care, or not act. We are to be a community. We are to be, life is better together. We, we talk about this all the time in wildlife with the, with the high school students, that life is just, it's just, we can all agree, it's better together. And that means that sometimes you're going to see something in somebody that's going to hold a mirror up to you, and I hope you have the courage to keep that mirror in front of you. And every once in a while, if you're fortunate, Someone is going to love you, that loves you enough is going to come and confront you about something and say, I see this in your life, and I don't want it for you. And we also need to be the type of people that not only are open to that, but have relationships that afford that, that create space for that. I remember in college, I had a, a group of, of friends, two friends, Josh and Gabe, so it's Josh, Josh, and Gabe. We called each other the Trinity. Totally sacrilegious. 
looking back. But it's because they're like when we were together, it was there's a sweetness to hanging out. And we hung out every Sunday afternoon. And there was no plan, but like sometimes we'd pray, sometimes we'd just play games, sometimes we'd just hang out. But it was always, it was just tight. And it was like our girlfriends knew, like, hey, don't don't bother us on Sunday afternoon. This is time for the Trinity. And there was one week we said to each other, hey, next week when we're together, one of us brought up, it wasn't me. Why don't, uh, I think it was Gabe. Gabe's like, hey, next week, would you, when we hang out together, would you bring a rebuke for me? Who does that? But the next week was one of the most, in, like, insightful things to myself as these two men that I knew loved me came and brought rebukes to me. That's friendship. If that's not friendship, I, I don't know what is. Do you have that in your life? Are you even open to that idea? Is that a possibility? Is that something that you would allow to happen? And what if you did? What, what might be gleaned and gained for you, yourself, your family, if you were that open? What if we had a life that didn't have blind sides in it? that didn't have blind spots. But we knew, we knew them and we did things about them in a community of people. It'd be beautiful. That's what Christ offers us. Isn't that good? Isn't that a good life? We have a good God. Let's pray. Lord, I, um, I pray that you would... Um, Forgive my condemning heart, my judgmental heart. It's something that you've been working on in me for a long, long time. And I pray, Lord, as we're navigating this, Lord, there's such, it's so, such gray uh, as we think about people and we see people and it, it, it evokes emotion in our hearts and in our minds. I pray that you would give us the wisdom and, and, and that you give us the clarity that you offer here in this verse, that you talk about here in this verse. We I want to see myself clearly. My friends, they want to see themselves clearly. And I pray that, that we would be a community of believers that, that love each other in such a way that it, it's a fierce love. And that people are drawn to it. And as a result, people would, would come to know you and, and come and step into the clarity of life that you offer. pray all this in your name. Amen. Amen. Let's stand and we're going to sing.